0: What is going on everybody this is drew here i want to welcome you all to a brand new episode of phoenix down this is phoenix down number 43.2 we are finishing up our spooky halloween series with the evil within i know we took uh one week off i had a great conversation with jay talking about the old days of gaming and the future of nintendo and some about dungeons and dragons which got me excited and we uh we had a good talk, but we're back to finish off this series. And uh, tonight I have with me Matt. Hello. And yeah, it's been a while since I even thought about the evil within. That's, so um, since you finished, it was out of your mind. Yeah, uh, we um we're we're gonna kind of wing this. We're just gonna talk about this game. Um. I, and I, I've, I've got to the point where I don't like doing the quote-unquote walkthroughs where we do, okay, this is what happened in Chapter 1, and this is what happened in Chapter 2. So maybe this is for the best. So we're just going to talk about The Evil Within. Uh, I beat this game, and in fact, you can probably go back and watch all of it because I broadcasted practically all of it on the ZTGD Twitch channel. In fact, Ken actually pulled it from from Twitch, put it onto YouTube so you can watch... I'm, I think I may, have, I think I may have played two chapters without broadcasting in the middle, but I know I broadcasted the beginning and I broadcasted all at the end. Um, beginning so, of
1: this set of episodes or chapters or the beginning of the game.
0: The beginning of the game. I did. I probably streamed chapters one, two, three, four, or five. I may have skipped six and seven, and then did the rest. Or I may, have, I skipped a few chapters in the middle that I didn't broadcast. Um, I don't know why I didn't do it. I think I just, I just sat down to start playing, but there is a lot of the evil within. I'd say there's well over five hours of the evil within on, um, on, uh, on YouTube. And I think it's ZTGD originals is the name of the channel. If anybody wants to watch it, there's actually some pretty good jump scares in there with me in it. Um, I didn't have picture in picture picture.
1: Is this where you have your face inlaid?
0: No, no. I don't have picture-in-picture in in that one. I don't have a PlayStation camera. If I had a camera, I could probably do it. Um, But yeah, I didn't. And and, and my voice is somewhat muffled because I'm using my PlayStation Gold headsets. And the microphone is actually built into the headset itself. So it's not the best quality for my voice. Uh, But you can hear me. Um, But yeah... Finished the Evil Within. Do you, you, you remember what your playtime was, total playtime was, Matt?
1: Uh, about 20 hours on the dot for my actual playtime. My in game was about 18 and a
0: half. Yeah, I want to say mine was 17 and a half. That was in game time, but it was well in the 20s for me.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, I restarted this game, I can't tell you how many times. Just from deaths and. I talked about it a little bit on the intermission we did last week uh, with Jay, but there's a few things, there's some. there's a few problems I have with the evil within. And one of them is this trial and error gameplay. There was far too many times where I get to a point where I die, I start over, I make it a little bit farther, die again, start over, Make it a little bit farther even more, and then I th- eventually i it's basically like I'm either quote unquote memorizing the level or I'm just powering through it by 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 memorization and that happened way too many times in this game for me
1: see some games thrive on that though, so you think that would, would you say it just doesn't fit this game or do you not like that i mean I, I would call that the Dark Souls syndrome.
0: That is Dark Souls syndrome. I mean, if you want to go classic, I say Mega Man syndrome. Because you know, when you play a Mega Man game, you basically memorize that level. You know where to jump, when to jump, when to attack, stuff like that. Um, and for this style of game, for one, I don't think the checkpoints are very good.
1: No that that's that's the truth.
0: That the checkpoints are pretty bad. They're too far apart. If they want to do this trial and error gameplay stuff. The issue I have is that they try to give you the, the the facade that that you you have options in the gameplay, and you do have some options as far as what weapon you want to use, or maybe a deviating path or something like that. But it doesn't really affect the game that much, and so they give you this false sense of not necessarily security, but this false sense of of there are there's more to it than this. Um, when in reality and through me playing, this is basically me just brute forcing my way through it, you know, that, and, and, and making it by the skin of my teeth. It's there's like, it's like I said, it was, it was during the M4Z podcast. Actually, I said that I spent over well over half this game, less than half health. Oh yeah. I never had full health unless I upgraded my, my health. That was really the only time I ever got full health. You know, and it was just, it was one of those games where, you know, you, you have the problem in front of you and you have options of how to deal with the problem. But in the end, you're just going to have to deal with the problem. You know, it's, it's not one of those things where you have the options of not having to deal with it.
1: Well, for some of the bosses, you can choose not you can choose to deal with them or not to deal with them.
0: Are you talking about the safe head guys
1: or a couple of the fights with Laura
0: i mean well a lot of those were just running and solving a puzzle while she's chasing after you. Yeah. You know you talking about shooting the pipes and making the fire go away and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you can you can fight her and kill her, or you can just sort of ignore her and just try and speed through
0: it. Yeah, but it, I mean, at the same time, they, they give you this, you don't have enough ammo to do that, so it's best just to fucking run.
1: Yeah, I did have a few times where, specifically on Laura a couple of times, that I used up every last bit of ammo that I had. Yeah. And I didn't have that little going into it, you know. I hit her with, I don't know, twenty different shots of various strengths. Uh, Picked up all the ammo that was laying around on the floor. Shot her with all that, and then I'm like, "What the heck do you even do now? Run around and try and punch her? That's not gonna work."
0: Yeah. Um, there's there is a highlight though for me in this game, and it's technically a, a visual highlight. Um, When you return back to the city and it's like a complete disaster zone, Mm -hmm. I thought that that was visually really good looking and very interesting.
1: Yeah.
0: I have to give it to this game is that they they create set pieces that are fantastic. Um, And the settings themselves are good. Um, Even if they do kind of repeat after a while, I can't tell you how many times I was in a, a a hospital or insane asylum corridor, but it always came back to something unique. Um, and I have to give it to them on that. The other thing I, I really liked was the, the way the game kind of screwed with your mind. Um, because it, you know, from the beginning, we knew that the nurse's station area was a safe zone. And that was where you're going to go to save. That's where you're going to go to upgrade, all that stuff. And throughout the game, you're going back to that place and either something's different or something is is there that shouldn't be there or you're going there and you didn't realize you were going back there or you start off somewhere else.
1: Yeah, I mean, I had a couple problems with that, though. I'm spending all this time picking up The, you know, like newspapers and missing person reports. Did any of that amount to anything other than a tiny kernel of background information? Not really. I mean, there was the other like side room. If you go behind where the nurse was sitting, you've got the one with all of the the corpse lockers. Okay, that's where I, you know, cash in all this green gel. The other room, nothing really happened in that room.
0: That was where you put the map pieces
1: what what was the point of the map pieces? I
0: don't know, I didn't get them all.
1: Yeah. So, I I don't know. I wish they had done something a little bit more interesting with that whole portion of the game and then I felt like the things I was doing there were kind of pointless.
0: Yeah. So, let's talk about the story a little bit. Um we eventually run back into Kidman, the female detective.
1: Is Julie, Julie Kidman?
0: Is it Julie Kidman? I can't remember.
1: I think so.
0: And Kidman has found Leslie, who is still running around acting all weird. And it's basically, we're not going to beat around the bush, it's basically revealed that She is working for somebody other than the police force. And we don't really know who. But she has a plan. And that plan is she needs to kill Leslie. If she kills Leslie, then this nightmare ends. At least that's what she believes. And Sebastian doesn't want that at all he's like we don't need to kill leslie i guess because it's kind of like the matrix where if you kill the purse, if you kill the matrix while you're in it you're dead is that i, I don't know what f- what happens in this game i don't know yeah. what- i don't know what happens in this game i don't know much about the rules of this stem machine. uh matt you're slightly muffled oh can- i don't know I don't know what's going on. Oh, you're you're fine now. But okay. um but yeah, um I I okay, so um she's getting ready to shoot Leslie and um God, what's his name? Joseph. Joseph, our partner Joseph jumps in the way of it and gets shot and 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 dies. Um So that happens. And then we go on another wild fucking, I don't know. Like, it, Like I don't know what's real and what's not. That's the biggest thing, is that this is all taking place in the Matrix. We'll just go ahead and put it that way. It's happening in this world that's not real. Ruvik's Matrix. Yeah. And... I think the end game is, is that Ruvik is trying to find a person with a compatible brain so that he can basically upload his consciousness into that person and then become that person in the real world. Because it is later revealed, Ruvik is technically dead. The only part of him that still exists Is this brain in a jar. So. Ruvik is. A brain in a jar. Who has hooked up other people. To this machine. So that he can. Put himself into another person's brain. So that he can live again. And that person is Leslie. Leslie the thing i don't get is is that okay let's just go ahead and say when you beat the game sebastian wakes up in that bathtub he is he, he sees that he is still plugged into the matrix he unplugs himself and and walks over to the brain and crushes it and then leaves and he is still in the hospital The 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 apocalypse didn't really happen. They were all just locked up in this hospital. And he he leaves. And while the police come in. Yeah. Where's everybody else? In the bathtubs. Because we see that the doctor. The doctor who we were with. While we were running through the, the village and stuff. He's there but he's dead. We see... The police officer who was driving the the um the ambulance when it wrecked. We don't see Joseph. We don't see Kidman. We don't see Leslie. Where are these people? All right, now I I know at the very end of the game we see somebody run off who looks a lot like Leslie running off through the city, but we don't know for certain. It probably is Leslie, but where's everybody else? We should at least see the dead body of, of Joseph laying there in the bathtub. We should, I never saw Kidman die in the matrix. So she should be alive somewhere, but we're in, that's never shown. Yeah.
1: So I don't know. I, at the same, it was sort of a big letdown for me.
0: Yeah, at the same time, who hooked everybody up to the Matrix? Jimenez, the bearded guy, the Doctor. Yeah, the Doctor hooked everybody up to the Matrix.
1: Yes, I believe you. I,
0: and I then, it, okay,
1: he was like kidnapping people for. Okay. I don't know why,
0: though. All right. So here is what I'm going to do. Like I do, I'm using my cheat sheet. I have went to the Evil Within Wikipedia page, and I am under the plot section. And I'm going to read what is exactly written here. The protagonist of the Evil Within is veteran police detective Sebastian Castellanos. He is aided by his colleagues, Julie Kidman and Joseph Oda in confronting the invincible apparition Ruvik. While investigating the scene of a gruesome mass murder at Beacon Mental Hospital, Sebastian, Joseph, and Kidman encounter a malev... malev, I cannot pronounce it. mal Malevent. Jesus. Malevent. Thank you. And powerful force. He, they encounter fucking Rubik. Okay. After seeing the slaughter of his fellow officers by a man wearing a white hood and covered in burn scars, Sebastian is ambushed and knocked unconscious. He awakens in a deranged world with Crimson City undergoing massive earthquakes, unreal shifts in terrain, and hideous creatures called Haunted wandering the landscape. He encounters... but. <laughs>
1: Did that stuff at the beginning actually happen?
0: The massacre at the hospital did happen. I don't know who did it. It couldn't have been Ruvik.
1: Yeah. it
0: Couldn't have been Ruvik. Because he's a brain. And the bodies were still there at the end. The bodies were still there at the end. The mass murder happened there. Yes. I don't know who did it, though. I guess the doctor did. Because
1: if he had that option, what's the point of trying to find somebody to get in their body? He clearly can already interact or manifest in the real world. That's true. So it sounds like he's already got his way out. I don't understand why. what the rest of this game is about, then.
0: I don't know. Let me, let me continue reading. Maybe we'll get that answer. I highly doubt it, but we'll find out. Uh, he encounters a doctor named Marcelo Jimenez, who is searching for his patient, Leslie Withers. When Sebastian and the doctor find Leslie, they also encounter Ruvik, the man who slaughtered police officers earlier. Ruvik seems to have control over reality through teleportation and the changing of the terrain. Uh, He uses this to separate the trio and trap Sebastian in different horrifying locales that seem to be tied to the memories of individuals that Ruvik has experimented on. Elsewhere, Kidman seems to be pursuing Leslie more fiercely and appears unaffected by Ruvik's control. Okay, that's important. Sebastian learns that the story of Ruvik, born Ruben Victoriano, uh, through, through various flashbacks, Ruben was an intellectually gifted but mentally unstable child and was close to his sister, Laura. After playing in a barn on their family's property, several men approached and set fire to the building as an act of vengeance against their parents, who had been buying and managing large amounts of land in the area. The fire killed Laura and left Reuben severely disfigured. Reuben's father began hiding him in the basement of the family manor. Deeply traumatized over Laura's death, Reuben eventually killed both of his parents, Took control of their fortune and continued to donate money to Beacon Mental Hospital in exchange for test subjects for his experiments. Ruvek continued his experiments on human psyche, and the mind of for a time until Jimenez betrayed him upon the near completion of their primary project, STEM, a machine meant to un meant to unite minds into one. Felt and experienced all by all those linked to it. Jimenez, Jimenez, apparent employer. Jimenez's apparent employer, an unknown organization, subjected Ruvik to a similar ordeal to what he had inflicted on others. The organization apparently abducted many citizens of Crimson City to test stem device. The test the stem device, essentially linking everyone to Ruvik's world.
1: Okay, so. Why – so why was Rubik, Rubik doing this research in the first place?
0: I don't know unless it was – It had
1: something to do with his sister.
0: I thought that was what it was. Remember we said that maybe he's trying to find a way to manifest his sister into reality. I don't know.
1: Right, but that never seems to – There's no more evidence for that in the rest of the game. No. And and there's no references even to any motivation linked to his sister. So.
0: I don't know. There's another email. Thank you.
1: All of this stuff psychologically happens. It's all interesting. How does it, it all tie? Like, what was his drive?
0: Well, I don't know. I got two more paragraphs. Let's find out. I highly doubt we'll find out. When Jimenez, aided by Sebastian, tries to use Leslie to return to reality, he realizes that they are inside Ruvik's mind. And Ruvik wants to transfer his mind to a capable host and escape into the real world. A beast created by Ruvik's subconscious then assaults the group and kills Jimenez. Sebastian escapes after defeating the beast and reunites with his partners to head to Beacon Mental Hospital, as they and the Haunted seem to be attracted to its lighthouse. Ruvik separates the group once more. Julie finds Leslie first and is about to shoot him when Sebastian and Joseph intervene, prompting her to shoot and kill Joseph before Ruvik separates them again. Sebastian finds Leslie and guides him back to the hospital where at the top of the lighthouse he sees his own body in a tub hooked to Ruvik's brain. Julie arrives and attempts to convince Sebastian that Ruvik intends to use Leslie to cause widespread harm. She implies that she knows more about STEM and the chaotic reality that they are in, but Sebastian holds her at gunpoint and is hesitant to believe her. Ruvik interrupts them, gets hold of gets hold of Leslie, and absorbs him into the brain, throwing the world into even greater chaos. Sebastian battles a gigantic creature created by Ruvik's subconscious and defeats it. This is the end of the game. Uh, waking up in a bathtub, he pulls himself off the machine, removes Ruvik's brain from the stem, and crushes it. He wakes up again in a tub with Kidman by his side, monitoring him. She motions for Sebastian to stay quiet. Sebastian falls unconscious soon after and later wakes up in the same tub with no one around except for other subjects in tubs, including Jimenez, in a catatonic state. As police reinforcements arrive, he exits the hospital and notices Leslie walking out of the main gates. Sebastian has a brief headache, a sign of Ruvik's influence on subjects with the stem, which causes him to lose sight of Leslie. It is implied that Ruvik has returned to the real world through Leslie and is able to influence those who were connected to his machine in reality, intending to take revenge on the organization that betrayed him. Fuck this game.
1: Yeah. The ending kind of makes me mad. (sighs)
0: So... Julie Kidman worked for the organization that was doing these subject, doing these experiments. Okay, I get that. That was one of the weird things was that he he did the whole classic wake up in a you wake up in a dream and then wake up in another dream thing. Uh, so here's the deal. There's three pieces of DLC for this game two of which focus around Julie Kidman. Maybe it sheds some light on this. I don't know. I don't think I'll ever find out. Huh. Um, yeah. I don't know what to say.
1: It's a little awkward for me because... As confusing as it was, and it's not confusing because it's so convoluted. It's confusing because they just give it to you in tiny fragments spread out over 20 freaking hours. Yeah. Um, even though I was kind of unhappy with how little they give you throughout the game, I was willing to be strung along assuming a sizable payoff at the end. Yeah. And that did not come for me.
0: Well, we we both said it when we first started this game that I think we were going to be disappointed by the end, Damn. and um, yeah, it
1: just, it could have really lifted this game up. I would have yeah. forgiven a lot of a lot of the things that I didn't necessarily hate, but I was you know I was a bit like unsure of or wary of. I would have been okay with a lot of those if it had had a strong ending.
0: Yeah. I just um I, I'm glad they didn't do the ultimate cop out and say, Oh, Sebastian's really crazy and he's actually in the mental hospital and he thinks that he's a cop and he's not really a cop and you know all this other stuff. I'm glad they didn't go that route. And they had the workings of something okay here, you know? And so, the
1: whole story might be decent, but they didn't give us enough of it. Yeah. And whether that was intentionally held off as fodder for a sequel or I don't know whether they thought they were just being mysterious. Yeah. Uh, it, either way, it felt less satisfying.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, one thing I do want to mention um, and, and the biggest uh, thing I, I, the biggest problem I had with this game Uh, The chapter 10 boss fight at the end.
1: Which one was 10?
0: Uh, The one in the uh, parking garage.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, fuck that one. I hate
0: it. Fuck that boss fight. Oh, my God. That is the most ridiculously frustratingly dumb boss fight I've ever done. You're in this you're fighting this fucking abomination thing. It's like a I wouldn't say it's a spider, but it most certainly moves around like one a little bit.
1: Yeah, um, like a spider mixed with a bat on the ground.
0: Yeah. Okay. And this thing is gigantic. It's got multiple heads and multiple faces. It it looks like one of the necromorphs from dead space, just a gigantic one. And this thing is fast as shit. And it chases you around this parking deck, basically. And you have to find ways to do damage to it. There's two different stages to it. So you shoot it a bunch of times or blow it up or whatever. And then it goes to stage two. And in stage two, it flips around and starts crawling at you. For lack of a better term, with its vagina.
1: Yeah, I was going to say vagina forward.
0: It's it's a vagina. And it, it's crawling on its back kind of deal. Chasing you with its vagina. And if it gets close to you, it will devour you with its vagina.
1: In one hit.
0: Instant death.
1: Instant death. And this is not an arena where you can run away from it. Yeah. You basically only have an L. Basically, by the time you get to the end of the L, you're dead if you haven't killed it already.
0: Yeah. And the only way to do damage to it is by hitting it directly in the middle of the vagina. I'm saying vagina a lot. But that's what it is. And the thing is, is that this thing moves very, very fast. And it moves very sporadic, too. And you have to be dead fucking center at that shot. So when you've got something charging you, and you have a specific specific spot to shoot it at, and it's constantly moving, that's hard to do.
1: Yep. One wrong button press, you bring up the wrong weapon, you're probably dead.
0: Yeah. This took me at least ten tries and you had to go through both stages again. This That was the worst part of this game.
1: Yeah, and it's funny because I ended up beating it the same way I ended up beating the first chainsaw guy. Which was, I played around with everything, but in the end, the best thing for mo- a lot of these bosses, or at least these two that were fairly hard for me, was to take the explosive arrows and just shoot them at the ground. Yeah leave them as traps and uh, that way you can sort of just string along three or four of them. And when he gets hit, you know, he sort of pauses a little bit and that was the only way I could buy enough time to eventually kill him. Yeah. But any, any other amount of grenades, shotguns, none of that worked because it takes too long to get them all off. Yeah. You You can run from him, but as soon as you turn around to shoot him, he's pretty much on you.
0: Yeah. That's the animations in this game. Like, that that was another thing. I i, I got stun-locked and killed so many fucking times in this game. The, the, the guy, the, 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 the safe head guys, the guys with the saves, safe for heads, those guys, they will hit me, and Sebastian will do like this four-second stumble and, and fall back kind of thing. And in that amount of time, they're hitting me again. I'm stumbling again for another four seconds. He does that three times, and I'm dead. You know, and it's just one of those things where, like, you, you can't do anything there. There's nothing you can do to stop that. When you get hit, you're dead. You might as well just say you're dead. There really is no reason to have a fucking health bar in this game.
1: That's pretty much true. There's very few times where I was taking hits and not dying.
0: From yeah. Them. Yeah. So, I don't know.
1: Although, that was intense when you have to fight the two of them and there's all the, the hanging meats. Yeah. And they're kind of like pushing through them, man. That fucking elevator took forever to get there. At that point, <laughs>
0: I'll tell you the the one that was pretty intense for me was uh, that last big like kill room. Yes, yeah. in the blood pool at the bottom. Yeah, that right there was fucking crazy.
1: Yeah, I I I died a couple of times, two or three times, but the whole time in that section, I was actually having a good time because yeah. they gave me enough ammo that. I felt like it was more about my ability to evade them than it was, like oh, if I if I miss a couple of shots, I'm not even going to be able to finish the stage, no matter what happens.
0: Yeah, you know what happened there. This is a perfect example. That that part right there that you that we're talking about. You know what that game turned into? It turned into Resident Evil Four, and yeah. it, it turned into an enjoyable experience. <laughs> That's what happened. It turned it turned into Resident Evil. It turned into a modern Resident Evil game where you have enough ammo to do what you need to do, and all it is about is is maneuvering and fi- and finding the right places to shoot. And th- th- that that's that for this type of game that works. The the stealthy bullshit that they try to force down your throats here is not good.
1: I was going to say, a, a fair amount of the stealth reminded me
0: of The Last of Us. <laughs> you know, now that you mention it, you're absolutely correct. Which is because one of the reasons why I did not enjoy this game.
1: <laughs> you really need to stealth them, and it's kind of important that you do, because when you're seen, you don't have a lot of options. Like I feel like in in Resident Evil 4 and 5... You know, when people are coming at you, it's not that big of a deal because you feel powerful enough. But in this game, I mean, if there's people right next to you, it kind of sucks, both because of the controls and because it doesn't take Raymond has to kill you, and because it's hard to get things aimed correctly, especially if you're trying to use the agony crossbow.
0: Yeah, man, that that, there was so many times I had a fucking shotgun out, and there's a guy right on me, and I shoot. And absolutely miss him. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That should never fucking happen. Yeah. And I'm just like, just because he's not directly in front of the fucking shotgun. I was like, yeah, I know that, you know, physics wise, that shouldn't happen. But this is a fucking video game. You know? What do you To point guns at people? Well, it's not that. It's just, if I have a guy right in my fucking face... It shouldn't matter. He should compensate and bring the shotgun closer to his body, and then shoot the guy. That's stupid. I said like, this is that's so fucking dumb. There was so many times where I missed shots on a guy that was right on me, and all I needed was a well placed fucking shotgun blast, and they'd take him out. Yeah, I just I don't know. Uh, they,
1: they... That the, certainly there are negatives there, but as a counterpoint, headshots in this game feel pretty damn good and I would say in a lot of games they do especially when you've upped the damage and you've upped the, the, critical. the critical percentage oh yeah because that's a hell of a splat when you when you get the critical on their head the blood goes everywhere
0: oh yeah yeah you you split their fucking head in half man it's 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 great
1: that, that was a satisfying gunshot
0: a lot of it was i mean that's the thing is like I, every time i hit somebody with the agony crossbow with an explosive bolt it's pretty fun
1: <laughs> Unless it's a safe head and he's charging at you,
0: it, well, it, it seems like every time one of them gets tagged with that, they just all right, I'm going to take you down with me. You know, they're they're chasing after me at that point.
1: I had more than a few deaths to that. I'm like, ah, I was so close. I hit him.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's I don't know. It's it's just I, I, I am not going to say I hate this game. Um, in fact, I won't even say I dislike this game. I, I don't mind this game. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I would even recommend the game. And yeah. I and I stick by my feeling of last week or two weeks ago in that my moment to moment in this game was pretty enjoyable. I like the gunplay on average. I like the, the way they changed up the environment. Sometimes it's stealthy. Sometimes it's a kill room. Sometimes it's, I don't know, a puzzle. Yeah. Uh, I could have done with a few more puzzles, perhaps. But, you know, as a very basic, like, section to section, I enjoyed the variety. And moment to moment, I enjoyed the gunplay. So, in any 15-minute span, is, provided I could get from a checkpoint to, or a, a save point to another save point. Yeah. Because a couple of times in this game where I only had 15 or 20 minutes, and I played for 15 or 20 minutes and didn't get to another save room, so... I turned the game off and made zero progress um, but but aside from the issues m- my moment to moment was enjoyable in this game i i I liked it yeah it my, my problems were that the payoff wasn't there, and you know other things like the the general sluggishness and the some other annoyances
0: I hate to do the the cliched thing um because I, I am a game reviewer, but um, if you were reviewing this game, what, what score would you give it?
1: Uh, probably, off the top of my head, somewhere around a 7.8 to an 8.2. Okay. Somewhere around
0: an 8. Gotcha. Uh, using using the ZTGD scale, I'd probably give it about 6.5 which I know everybody's like, 6.5? Man, you hate that game. Go back and look at our scale. In fact, go back and look at a normal 10-point scale where 5 means average. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I think this is an above-average game. It has some issues that really got on my nerves. There was a lot of times I was cussing this game. Um, But I didn't hate it. I think it was a little overly long. Yeah. I think could cut
1: yeah. out some of the some of the repetition. Yeah. It's not it's not that there were any whole sections I didn't want in there. But if, if it had been tightened up a bit.
0: Yeah. Some some of this stuff just lasted a little bit too long. Chapter ten was like a fucking long ass episode, like chapter. Chapter eleven was too. Um
1: and the twelve was super short.
0: Yeah. So I mean, yeah, there's 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 some there's some room mur- for improvement, most certainly. But I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it. That's the best I can put. <laughs> um, I guess it did fairly well. I mean, they made three. They had they had a season pass for it. I mean, they they released three pieces of DLC for it.
1: Yeah, but all of that would have been planned before it had done well or poorly, right? That
0: that's true. That's true. So I don't know. I um we've most certainly played worse on um on the Halloween specials for Phoenix yep. Town. Uh the worst in my opinion is still Anna. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't beat I couldn't beat that game. None none of the none of the quote unquote scary shit happened with me. Actually, I got curious because I was like, what was so bad about Anna? So I really couldn't remember it. Um, I just remembered the, the nonsensical fucking puzzles. Um, and um, I went back and listened to us talk about that. Because we only did one episode of it. And uh, yeah, the, my issue was was the game like was fucking glitched for me or something. Because yeah, I remember I, some of that. I had to experience the quote-unquote scary things. And none of that ever happened while I was playing the game. So, yeah, that game's bad. Don't don't buy that game. So I don't know. That's that's pretty much it for the Evil End. You got any other thing you want to talk about? I oh, don't not
1: really. I mean, there were some things that were fun in this sec- in this last section, like when we were riding that the truck. Yeah, There was some decent variety. There was some parts with some monsters in the water. Which were a little strange because I was never really sure how to judge my timing of when I was supposed to jump in the water to to get it over to where the gate was opening. You know, at just the right time. Uh, you know, I didn't know if it was going to start. I had to wait before I jumped in the water or if I was supposed to get in the water and then avoid the thing. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I fucked up there a couple times.
1: Yeah, and I still don't know what I I did right. I just kind of did it a few times and then I eventually timed it right so that I could get under the door before he ate me, but I don't know (laughs) what I did differently.
0: You had to shoot the bodies that were hanging.
1: Yeah, no, I did that. But I didn't know, like, when. How, how do I know when the door is going to open? Is it a certain time after I shoot the bodies, or after I get in the water, or after I get in the water and get close enough to trigger some sort of proximity opening?
0: Yeah, I, uh, my, that's all on my broadcast. You can watch me get pissed off. I I, I got legitimately pissed off at that, <laughs> so you can listen to me get upset. That the 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 going into the final chapter where it's that puzzle maze thing.
1: Yeah. With Rubik's gigantic eye at the other end.
0: Yeah. That sucked. See Um, that
1: when I was playing that, I was like, yes, I wish there was more of this.
0: See, I I just don't like that instant fell shit. You know, you, you hit one of the strip wires, you're dead.
1: That's true, but at least there it was only 20 seconds to replay instead of, like, 20 minutes.
0: That's true, but uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly is. It, it's, I think he, you're right there that it's the one-hit kills that are annoying because this game isn't hard so much as it is just completely unforgiving. There's no adaptation. Like there's no like, oh, I see what the game's doing here. I'm gonna adapt to it and sort of figure it out. It's no, you do exactly what I want, or you don't pass. And that's a bit frustrating that you you don't really ever feel like you're getting better at the game because you're not learning skills, you're just learning where traps are.
0: Yeah, you're you're quote unquote brute per- forcing it.
1: You know, and, and as a unrelated game, but since it's come out you know, Halo's all, I think, always been good at that. Every time you encounter a group of people, you sort of get better at that encounter. And you know you're going to always encounter different groups, and they're going to have different enemies. And you can sort of adapt. Like, oh, these guys I know I'm going to take out this way. You know, these guys I'm going to sneak around and do something else. And there's sort of a, there's always an evolution of the way you approach the game as you continue throughout it. But in this game, I, I there wasn't really any of that. There wasn't any learning I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. But.
0: I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Instead of like hinting at stuff and letting you adapt to it, they just kill you and say, don't do that again. Yeah. And then you're oh, okay. Well, I'm not going to do that anymore. There were so many times where you, like, you, you're in a situation. I don't know what to do. Let's try this. Okay. I died. I'm not going to do that anymore. Do and this. Again, yeah.
1: Kind of, that giant kill room at the end with the blood pool at the bottom. That felt good because there were so – you could run in any direction, and there were things to hide behind. There were things to leap over. It felt almost like a playground, and things are chasing you, but you go however you feel like going. You yeah. could never play that fight and go through it the same way. No. Yeah. people are going to come from different directions at you based on where you've been, and, and, and it was sort of more freeform. Like you'd have to survive it. It's like a gauntlet. But it's one that you adapt to second by second, and again, it would never be the same on two playthroughs.
0: That's a,
1: that's why that part felt so much different, felt so much
0: better. That's exactly why, because he modeled that after Resident Evil. That totally felt like something you would see in Resident Evil Four. Yeah, and you know, I think he needs to to make a Resident Evil game. That's that's what he needs to do. Is just make a Resident Evil game. I don't care if you don't want Sebastian to be a badass. Give him a fucking rocket launcher and let him have at it. You know, I mean, I don't give a, you know, that's the thing. It's like, you know, I don't know. It's It's one of the.
1: the end when you got a rocket launcher. No,
0: yeah. Yeah. You got that in the machine gun.
1: With a rocket launcher.
0: I was expecting some type of like submachine gun, like late game. And I was like, really? I never got any type of automatic fire weapon. And then they yeah. give it to you at the very end. We'll do it. The other thing that really got on my nerves, they give you the fucking Magnum like way late in the game. And I'm like, why are you doing this?
1: Yeah, I only ended up using it on one boss. I only used the Magnum one time in the whole game.
0: Too, so I used the Magnum a bunch. That is the win button. Where you're facing the two um, uh, safe guys. Yeah. In that kill room, not the one with the meat hanging, but the other room where you can yep. run in between them. Yep. Yeah, I died so many times there, and I was like, fuck it, I'm pulling out the magnum. Three shots, they're dead. Oh, nice. Yeah, I
1: kept them next to each other, so I was alternating freeze bolt with explosive bolt. Trying to get trying to hit them both with each uh, explosive bolt. Yeah. Yeah, I used all my magnum on the, uh, the octopus boss.
0: Okay, I know what you're talking about.
1: And then that was it. That was the only, I pulled that out because I didn't have it mapped to one of my four buttons. So I had to like go into the menu and select it, killed the octopus and then deselected it and never picked it again.
0: That was an okay fight. I didn't mind that fight. Yeah. It turned invisible. You couldn't find it.
1: It ended up pretty quick for me because I just blasted it with the Magnum. Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of quite as much like hide and seek as I was expecting.
0: It was a ton with me because I had just a bunch of pistol ammo. Luckily I've upgraded my pistol all the way. Yeah, so, me too. So yeah, the pistol and the Agni crossbow were fully upgraded by the end of the game and I was just like, "Okay, I'm good." Cuz those were the two that I mainly used. But yeah, I yeah, I don't want to sound like I'm down on this game. I when I kind of am down on this game, but it it had its moments of of brilliance. There were few and far between, but they they were there.
1: Yeah.
0: It's most certainly not the worst game I've ever played. We all know what that game is. But yeah, that's that's it for me. If you got anything else you want to talk about with The Evil Within, we will...
1: I I think that's probably about it. I I, I was okay with it, but... I wanted more.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah, that's it for The Evil Within. Going to wrap that up. We're done with our spooky Halloween stuff. And, um... Matt is going to be taking a small hiatus um for the next month or so uh he's gonna be uh focusing on his uh NaNoWriMo, uh writing up his novel and uh he's actually recording a podcast and stuff of that so uh, if you guys are out there listening, definitely give that a listen because I think it's pretty interesting if I do say so myself one right what's that
1: you listened to the first one
0: I did. And uh, it was good And I was excited to hear that second episode Hmm.
1: You get a different second episode
0: I'll get a different second episode But uh, yeah um, But while Matt is on hiatus We're not stopping We're going to keep going Uh, Jay Lee Who was on my intermission Last week Me and him are going to be playing through a game uh, A game that he suggested Game's called Dongan Rampa. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. Dan Dangan Ropa or Dongun Ropa. Uh, Trigger Happy Havoc. Very strange name, but it is a very strange game. Uh, so far, I, I got it today and started playing it. It is actually a PlayStation Vita game, uh, which I'm playing on my PlayStation TV on my television. And uh, it's kind of like a visual novel. Um, kind of game uh, with some trappings of like a Phoenix Wright game. So uh, I'm excited to see it because I played the the prologue and it was it had set up a pretty interesting premise, a very strange premise but a very interesting one. Um, and I guess it would be like, a, it's, it's a good buffer um, to do, especially if we're planning on doing Persona 4 relatively soon. Because yeah. that, that game is really weird.
1: <laughs> what are we doing as a Follow up. So after this game, are we planning to do Witcher Two?
0: I was really hoping we would. Yeah, I, I was as well. Okay. So when when you're when you're done with your whole Nanorima thing, we'll finish Ropa during that time, and when you're done with that, we will move on to the Witcher Two. Um. I I I don't want to tell you what to do. Um and I don't want to 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 make you do something you don't want to do but I want to put this out there try to finish Metal Gear Solid 5 this year yes if you can because I want to f- bury that I want to finish that the year the gear needs to be finished yeah
1: um, it wouldn't be appropriate to get into 2016 yeah, that's not the year of the gear.
0: Yeah, I know that uh, our, our our loyal listener Jamie is still working through it. I know she's she's really close to finishing it. Um, do you remember where you were in that game, Matt?
1: Yes, I was at the point where you get quiet,
0: where you okay. meet Quiet. Okay, so you haven't you haven't have a- go. You haven't met Quiet yet, though?
1: No, I just got shot at by her.
0: Okay, I got you. That is the first boss fight in the game. Granted, there are about maybe four boss fights in this entire game. Um, And it spread throughout a 40-hour game. You have a long way to go. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. And I highly suggest to you um, save side ops because just like in Peace Walker, to get the true ending, you're going to have to waste some time doing side ops. Mm. So you can do a few here and there if you want to. Um, But, yeah. I got a lot of things to say about that game. You haven't even seen it yet. Um, but I know Ken said that he will join us for that one when we record it. Oh, good. So it'll be me, you and Ken, uh, fishing up that. And I want to do it this year sometime. So, yeah, like I said, I'm not trying to pressure you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I,
1: I very much want to get it done this year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I just, um, you know, maybe that's something, you know, r- write about five paragraphs and then maybe sit down and play metal gear for a few minutes. I don't know. That's, that's kind of hard to do, but, uh, yeah, I'm going to give you the time to, to finish it though. But I, I do want to finish it this year. Yeah, me too. So, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's about it. No emails, but you can send me an email. So uh, drew at com. I will read it on the air. You can, uh, Talk to us about Dongan Rampa if you want to. I know uh, Jay would love to hear from you, uh, as well as me. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS, and the podcast itself is at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Post all the uh, episodes there, um, and uh, yeah, that's a, that's about it. It's a short show, but that's okay. You know we're finishing up our Halloween stuff. Halloween's in two days, and I, I'm I'm gonna go see a friend, so I'm not gonna be in any type of Halloween chit. <laughs> uh, I bought candy, and then my friend said, "Hey, I'm gonna be in Georgia. You wanna hang out Saturday?" I'm like, "Well, I guess the kids aren't gonna get Halloween candy. I guess that's all for me now. More for me. Yep, there you go." Or, you know, I could do the nice thing and just sit a bowl out on a table outside of my house and just say, take what you want. Which may end up being the first kid takes it all. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know how I want to handle that. That could be inviting people to, I don't know, sneak around my house and fuck with it. I don't know what I'm going to do with that. But, yeah. (laughs) That's pretty much it. I appreciate everybody listening. Hope you guys have a great Halloween. And, uh, hope you enjoyed our Evil Within series. I know it, it kind of went out on a down note, which I was expecting it to, but, you know, some things never change. But, yeah, that's, uh, <laughs> that's it for us. I'd, I don't. I don't even know what else to say. But um, we will be back next week. Until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. And we are out of here. Have a great week. Have a happy Halloween. And uh, we will be back next week to start Don Trigger Happy Havoc. is the slice before the blood soon as I